0: Welcome to Vibrant Visionaries. My name is Heidi Bennett, and I've been a coach for creative professionals for over eight years. I have a background as a singer and band leader, also in managing coffee houses, developing recipes. I'm a multidisciplinary, multi-creative, wonderful weirdo, and that's who I have on the show as well filmmakers, artists, fellow podcasters, folks who have a wide range of creative interests. We like to talk about mindfulness and ways to stoke our creativity and banish burnout. I'm super excited to have on my friend Amber Holly on today. We talk about all sorts of stuff that I think you're really gonna find interesting. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation. Hey, everybody, this is Heidi. Welcome back to Vibrant Visionaries. I have a great friend from the podcasting sphere on. We met at the inaugural She Podcasts Live in Atlanta. Her name is Amber Holly, and I'm so excited for her to come on. So, hey, welcome, Amber.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, so glad to have you on. So, I was wondering if you could just let the listeners know what it is that you do.
1: Yeah, besides stalking you in restaurants, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I know for some reason that I, the time in the restaurant sticks out to me. It was our little, our little moment. So I am a licensed uh, marriage and family therapist by trade. And uh, I also have two online businesses. So I have a group practice in California. And then I have two online businesses that deal with coaching. I have a podcast called The Easily Distracted Entrepreneur because I have ADHD and frankly, so many people who are entrepreneurs have ADHD. And even if you don't, I say it's for ADHD and ADHD-ish people because I think modern entrepreneurship, it just lends itself to being distracted and all over the place. (laughs) So yeah, that's my passion is helping people navigate all of that so that they can have more fun. Awesome. So. <laughs> awesome. I love
0: that. Have more fun. And yeah, so Amber actually and Laura, who, who you were sitting with, like you two just just waved me over and we just, you know, started chatting. And it, it, that's what I love about conferences is getting that this one on one hangout. So I look forward to doing that again in person one of these days. Yes um but yeah I definitely know running my coaching practice for eight years on and also being a podcaster and juggling I say creative whims but like being able to have days where I have room for scheduled things and for fun and for what if I just feel like hopping on the mic at four o'clock in the morning and just, Recording my thoughts, you know, that I want to do that, but I also want to move the needle forward on goals, concrete goals, and not get distracted by social media or what's going on in the news or, you know, obviously just life gets in the way. Sometimes our brain isn't working the way we want it to. Getting that schedule to have some freedom and flexibility, but also moving things forward. What helps
1: First off, I was going to say, I actually want to experiment with just hopping on the mic and riffing. Like, cause that, (laughs) I think that sometimes you can I can get so in that place of like, everything has a purpose, right. Whereas, you know, and I know a lot of your community are artists and creative types, and I consider myself creative, but sometimes we forget that there's value in just creating, even if it doesn't have a necessary end goal, like, giving yourself the space to just kind of be creative and explore that I think is super important. So I just want to honor that. Mm -hmm. I'm mentally putting that on my list now. Um, (laughs) but most people who are creatives or neurodivergent, I will speak to, especially we resist the idea of a, of a schedule or, you know, having Kind of being locked into something we want that freedom we want that flexibility because that's where a lot of our creative flow comes from and then the paradox of that of course is if you don't have some kind of either routine or some kind of uh, structure in place like you said you can't it's hard to move the needle it's hard to get those bigger things done given all of the other stuff that we have to juggle and manage in life so i try to help people in the intersection of those two things like how can you create something that feels sustainable for you, that gives you flexibility? And I think that's the key, like being flexible. That's why like schedules can be hard. But if you have this structure and then you can be flexible within that structure, I think it can feel very freeing. It's like the thing we resist and the thing we need the most. You know what I mean?
0: I totally get what you're saying. I think when I look at my calendar... I have some things that I know have to get done, right? And one of the things I do is I try to batch certain types of things. So I have a dog, Pokey, my (laughs) (laughs) co-producer. Every day she's going to go on a walk. So that I know is going to be on the calendar. Now, ideally, we're going over and doing some bird watching in Alameda. But if life gets in the way... If energy becomes depleted, at the very minimum, we're going to go around the block in my neighborhood. So that's going to be there every single day. But I also batch things that happen with Pokey, like I'm going to get her her medication. I'll try to order those all on the same day or take care of her other stuff, like getting her dog food or other supplies. And um, like I just ordered one of her medications that she gets every month. I ordered 12 months of it. So guess what? I don't have to think about that for another
1: year. <laughs> I love those kinds of things.
0: <laughs> one of the things that gives me a great sense of relief and um, calm throughout the day is knowing, like, I've got all of um, her food is well stocked. Same with me. When our fridge is stocked and the pantry is stocked or if the medical supplies are stocked, I don't want to overdo it, you know, where you're like, oh, wow, this (laughs) these Band-Aids are 10 years old. (laughs) But to get back to what you were saying about that thing we resist, there is something very comforting. And I know that's also with when you're raising children, there's something comforting for us about um, having some structure even though I work for myself I, and I don't have children, I still have like a certain time of day that I usually wake up, a certain type of breakfast that seems to fuel me and keep my brain going, a certain amount of exercise I get a day. Yeah. What, what kind of things do you feel like are useful that are structural for us?
1: In many ways, we have to understand there, we have unique differences as people, like different things work for us as individuals. And as human beings, there's some there's some general themes that kind of hold true and apply, right? <laughs> like you're saying. But what you mentioned is something I really like a lot. I think the key is like having those routines, like those daily things that you talked about, about waking up around a certain time, taking your dog on a walk, like having those routines that kind of support us in, you know, taking care of the people we need to, you know, pokey or... Or even for our own mental health, like getting outside and having some exercise—all of that—that's really important. But I'm a huge fan of, of time blocking and kind of batching things out. But I always say, like, I'll, I'll have clients who are like, "Oh yeah, I've time blocked before and didn't work." And it's like, well, you can make a beautiful-looking schedule because I love color coding and I <laughs> and I love creating it. But if you're not going to actually utilize it, or it's not set up to actually work with your life and your Body clock and your, you know, what you have to do, then it's pointless. It's just pretty. <laughs> it doesn't actually serve anything. And I, so I think it is about one. You have to kind of experiment with those things, and then yeah, I, I love doing that. Where trying to group things together so that you can get necessities done, and then that way you have more space open to do these creative things, right? And I still think you need to schedule them in, like even you know, like I need to block out times where it's like I'm working on content because if I don't, if I just think like, oh, I'm going to be magically struck at four in the afternoon to record this podcast, odds are other things are going to come in and take my time and energy, right? So I need to actually block that time. But I try to do the same thing that you said. Um, Everything's on autopay. That can be because uh, ADHD for my dog, same thing. You know, it's just, it's nice to know it's all there. So I don't have to worry about all of those things. And often we have all of that, you know, they call it invisible labor, those things that kind of consume our mind space and take us away that we're, so we could, I mean, we could spend our whole day just cleaning and dealing with stuff and taking care of the, you know, quote unquote, have to kind of things. Yeah. I don't have to worry. Are we going to run out of toilet paper or Uh, soap or deodorant or whatever, and that's all there for me. Those kinds of things I love doing. But I think when it also comes to our work, like whether or not, you know, your work that you're doing is your full-time business, or maybe it's your side hustle, I think you have to be even more diligent with your time as far as creating ways to be more efficient. And I think that's the thing I'm really focusing on more and more is like, I'm into efficiency. It's not always productivity, right? Because I think there is this sense of we always have to be doing and we need a lot more rest than I think we give ourselves in modern day life. And I think when we can be efficient with the things we have to do, it creates that space for us to do our creative work. That's when I think we come up with these creative ideas or solutions or things that it feels like the magic happens, right? when we have a little bit of space to kind of mind wander and dream and think about things. And I, you know, I run three businesses. I have three young kids, a dog, you know, I have a life. So I have a lot of things going on, but I love having that downtime where I can rest and recuperate and have space. Um, Which means for me, like my Tuesdays and Thursdays, to the average person look a little insane. (laughs) But it works for me. I've experimented over many years I've owned a business for the last 11 years and I'm like, this is what works for me. And I love it because then the other days I have a ton of flexibility.
0: Yeah, great. I-, I love all those examples. And I use experiment a lot when I work with clients. And it is all about experimenting. Um, for some people, they're waking up and really alive at one o'clock in the afternoon. And their sweet spot to get things done is three or four p.m. And for other people, they need a nap. For some people, they never want a nap. <laughs> I-, I love color coding and experimenting and and even working with clients where I'll say, okay, well, let's try this for a week before you buy a bunch of expensive calendars and, you know, post-its and all the colors of the rainbow and all out of pens and everything. Let's let's just try a week and see what happens. Uh, Oftentimes, you know, people will be more rigid at first and then realize, and I always advocate, start with looking at that calendar and seeing where is the downtime, where is the recuperation time, where is the rest time, and always prioritize that. I listened to your episode that you put out that was a mini episode about calendaring the power of visual accountability. And so um, I'll link that in the show notes because it's a nice, short, under 10-minute episode. But I like what you shared in there about having couple of different calendars the big calendar the google calendar which i use a lot i also use it for everything there's a lot of flexibility in there so my tuesday which is when we're recording this i was coaching a client this morning you and i had a meeting for 1 pm for me in between i gave myself a nice two hours when you're looking at filling your time or what you might think to be very um, efficient might be, oh, well, right after the coaching, I'll have 10 minutes to run and pee, and then I'll come back and I'll be ready for Amber. But no, I gave myself time to eat and digest my lunch, use the restroom, yes, check in with my husband, hang out with him for a little quality time, reconnect to myself, check my makeup. This isn't a video episode, but I like to look nice when I'm talking with people on Zoom, to relax. And again, digesting. Hey, it is extra important because when we're podcasting, I don't want to be <laughs> letting out all sorts of funky noises and burps and things. So I really want to chill. <laughs> I had a little bit more coffee. So giving myself that that generous two hours in between it's going to make this episode sound better i was also tweaking the the recording equipment getting that all set up giving yourself the gift of that time does help you actually be more creative at other times and then giving yourself rest and relaxation it benefits your work you can be more focused on your crazy days. And yeah, working for figuring out what works for you. Like you said your your Tuesdays and Thursdays might look wild and crazy to somebody else, <laughs> but it works for you and and being okay with just saying like, yeah, that's how I do things.
1: Yeah, and I think I think that self-acceptance is a huge piece of it and You know, conversely, I also, well, somebody would say something to me like, oh, can you, you know, meet up on Friday? And I was like, yeah, because in general, I don't schedule things on Friday. I don't, my goal is ultimately to take it off. But, you know, occasionally, like if I'm speaking or I'm hosting an event or something, it's different, right? But for the most part, I don't. And they're like, oh, that's so great. And I'm like, yes. And I'm, yes, because I've intentionally set my schedule. Like, why? Why become an entrepreneur if you're just gonna you know work a nine to five and make yourself miserable? I'm not a nine to five gal. Like I've never been. It was always a struggle. Luckily, you know, before becoming a therapist, I worked in the dot-com world. And that's really geared towards a lot of, you know, engineers, which there's a lot of neurodiversity there. It was acceptable to come in later, right? You know, when I'm working with people and I, I like to talk about the structure of like your schedule, like your figuring out your real schedule, not the schedule you think you should do, but the one that really works for you. Cause that's kind of, to me, the container that like sets yourself up for success. I don't start seeing clients until one o'clock. Like that's just something I have, I'm just on a different schedule. Now there are times where I work until nine o'clock at night because who I'm seeing and I work with couples, you know, when I'm doing therapy. And so like, I tend to work a little bit later, but like one night a week, that's it. Um, It used to be two and, you know, things change, right? Like you go through these different periods, but I give myself the whole morning to kind of ease into my day because that's what I need and everybody's different. But I'm like, I might be awake, but I my brain doesn't come on board. Or, if, or I'm like thinking about things or mulling things over. I like to ease into my day. I like to ease into the week and I like to ease into the day. <laughs> so I try not to schedule things on Monday as well. But I use Mondays as a day to, like you said, set a foundation and... I have like key things that I do, like some financial stuff and then some content stuff. And I get myself set up for the week. But like you're saying, it's giving yourself sometimes more space than you think you need in order to show up as your best self. I think that's a huge piece of it. Now, I will admit I am quite terrible at that when it comes to like working with clients. Uh, Part of it is I'm an extrovert. So I get very energized and I just want to go, go, go. So I'm like back to back to back. But you're right, when I do trainings or podcast interviews, having that space where you can kind of like decompress and, and uh, gather your thoughts and kind of pre- prepare yourself, I think it goes much better. So that's that experimenting part. And there are other people I know who like, I'll see like seven, eight clients in a day. That's, you know, about seven hours if it's because if, all my sessions are an hour. And I know other people that are like, I can't see more than three neither way is wrong. It's just about your own bandwidth.
0: Yeah. And I I think always emphasizing that anytime you're listening to people talking about ideas around scheduling, it's always going to be your own experience. And please, everyone always value what it is you've learned about yourself. I remember I um, was networking with somebody And she said, oh, yeah, you know, on on Friday mornings, I meet with this great group of people at 730 in the morning for a coffee and networking. And I said, I did not get into working for myself to be up up and somewhere else 20 minutes away at 730 in the morning on a Friday. (laughs) Like,
1: thank you, but no. (laughs) I have a few friends that are like that. They're just the early morning people. And yeah, I I remember my friend Michael invited me to something at 7.30 in the morning. And I'm like, "Uh, no. I jokingly say, I'm now on the East Coast even though, you know, my therapy clients are still on the West Coast, but I jokingly say I'm still on West Coast time. Like I eat my lunch around three, <laughs> you know, and I I just, my, my clock is different. And you're right, though, it is that self acceptance, because we have been conditioned to think this is the right way. And this is that whole idea of value judgments, right? Like, being an early bird, getting up early. That's the positive value. Those are, that's what we value as good. That's, that's what good entrepreneurs do. I mean, there's like 15,000 books written about getting up at 4am, you know, and it's stupid because the research will show that it's not about the time. It's about the routine. It's about the things that you do. But I think we latch to that. And you said something really important is in the beginning, when we're kind of exploring this or trying to be more efficient, or trying to reach the goals that are important to us, I think we can get super rigid. And sometimes we have to get a little like hardcore with ourselves to like, you know, rally into a new way of being. But I think ultimately, it's you have to then have that acceptance and kind of find that way to make that flexibility and flow kind of work. I had this supervisor that (laughs) I love this. He used to always say it's easier to ride a horse in the direction it's already going. Like, I could spend all my energy trying to become somebody who gets up at 5 a.m. and crushes it, or I can get up at nine and do what I do best and use that energy to actually focus on the things that are important to me. I love it. That's how I look at
0: it. Yeah. No, I love that. That's great.
1: I also hear this from people who have, you know, who have partners that they live with or that they're, you know, in relationship with. And, And it's hard when you know, like, hey, my workflow maybe is a little outside the normal corporate uh, idea of what, what work hours should be. And my partner has a lot of judgment or feedback about the fact that I kind of luxuriate and then don't start working until, you know, 11 or 12 or whatever it is. And I think that that's hard too. And I think that's having a conversation and educating them that, you can still be super productive and accomplish things and have a different clock. We just have to kind of question those things, those like ways of being. Uh, there's this fantastic book by Dr. Michael Brewis, like Eckhart Tolle is uh, The Power of Now. His is The Power of When. And he's a sleeper researcher, and he talks about like people's different body clocks and when it's optimal times to do certain tasks. I'm a huge fan of that. I think of it as like energy management. There are certain times of the day my brain is more creative. There are certain times of the day where I can deal with like heavier or harder conversations, right? And then there are times that I cannot. And so I just have to honor that. And I think that if you start paying attention and kind of tracking that stuff, you kind of find your own natural rhythms and you're like, oh, okay. So when I hear somebody say, you know, they've done XYZ by 9am, I'm like, that's fantastic. I'm super happy for them. And I know that I have absolutely zero desire to make that one of my goals.
0: (laughs) Yeah, what you said reminds me of the other partner, which is you, and that within you, within us, a lot of what we're battling against is a feeling of guilt, or a feeling of laziness, or a feeling of, I'm not doing it the way others are doing, so I must be doing it wrong. And so that's a relationship that is also like the more I feel, the more I can address that with myself and say, no, you're perfectly fine exactly the way you are. You don't need to change anything. Yes, you're experimenting with what will help you by the end of the month look back and go, oh, hey, you know what? I actually planted quite a few seeds and recorded some great podcasts and oh wow I I scheduled a vacation for later in the summer cool you know like I really had some great stuff go on what helped me well it actually really helped when I spent more time outside than inside worrying about things and manically trying to schedule every moment of the day okay that helped so it's experimenting and then While you're doing the experimenting, giving yourself the love and the respect to recognize the benefits of having some space in that schedule to daydream, to walk in nature, to meet up with a friend and talk about something totally frivolous, you know, or to play like you did maybe as a kid and get into those Legos or, you know, do something. When we were talking right at the beginning, you want to help people make more room for fun. And yes, please, that's always a priority of mine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I like to say we need to give ourselves so much more grace and space. Like we need that. And I do think though, so many of us, especially if you're neurodivergent, like, and I'm just going to speak to ADHD since I'm ADHD or I have ADHD, uh, I grew up being told a lot that I was lazy, you know, and being told, and it's like, you realize, look, no, I'm unmotivated or that is like so sublimely uninteresting that I just, it's very hard to activate and focus on that stuff. And if you don't understand it, which I never knew, I didn't know until I was 41 that I had ADHD. And a, and a lot of women don't get diagnosed when they're younger. And a lot of people in, you know, my generation and my husband's generation never got diagnosed, period, right? Like it was kind of newish, but only like the boys who acted out in school would get that diagnosis. Uh, we get told a lot, like we're doing it wrong. We're dropping balls. Like, why do we make it so hard? Like we get those messages a lot. So it's, ho- it's not easy as you grow up then to let go of a lot of that internalized stuff you've been told your whole life. I think reflection is the most important piece. Like you need to experiment, but if you don't take the time to reflect on it and really assess things, and like I like to say, pay attention on purpose, right? If you don't do that, you're not really gonna learn from it. You're just going through life. But when we start to reflect on that and then start thinking about it and kind of questioning it, I think that's where the change can happen. And you know, for me, it was that awareness of being told like, oh, you're lazy all the time by my mother. And then she would also tell me though, I was always too busy and always trying to do too much. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) And I never put those two things together until much later in life. And I'm like, that makes no sense. Like, which one is it? And so it's because I do things differently, right? Like I, I like to have that downtime like that. I said, I, I'm like an ease enthusiast. Like I like to figure out the easiest way to do things. Like I'm a person who could spend all day in my pajamas watching Marvel movies and playing board games. Like I just love that stuff. And when it comes time to, and I'm interested in something, I can deep work and I can, I can hyper-focus like no other and get some shit done. That's where I try to encourage people work differently. Like think about how can I work differently? I'm one of those people that I would rather do a deep dive for like two or three days and really get a lot done and then have more days off during the month. And so that's something that I've incorporated, especially during COVID. I started doing that more towards the end uh, of like 2020. I started going to, I used to go to a hotel once every quarter and I started going every month and just going for like two nights or three nights and doing deep work and getting a whole bunch of stuff done. And I, I get in the zone and I feel super energized And then I'm I'm able to take more time off and have more downtime and flexibility throughout the rest of the month. And that works for me. But you kind of have to figure out, again, that sweet spot for yourself. I think it's about figuring out, like, letting go of the idea that you have to work a certain way. Because you're right. I see that a lot where it's like, I'll set up my computer and refresh my social media and it feels productive because we're getting a little dopamine hit. But it's not doing anything for us, for our mental health, for our physical health, or for our businesses. So it's like, let's let's step away from that.
0: Yeah, lots of good, good stuff there. Um, If you are recognizing, you know what, I really do feel like kind of just getting on social media, just give yourself a little timer. That's what I do. That's what (laughs) works for me anyways. I've got the timers locked down on my phone so that they'll say, you know, you have five more minutes to be on Instagram. And I can choose to go a little bit longer, but usually that's the thing that'll help me go, cool, five more minutes, I can do that. And then I'm just done. And there is um, to kind of go right back to what we were talking about at the beginning, there is actual freedom and flexibility when you give yourself some of these parameters. And it's all to benefit you having a happier life, a more balanced feeling life. But yeah, if you're feeling like, you know what, I really feel like connecting and just, or just kind of like looking at people's cute dogs, you know, or it, it's less <laughs> about like, getting into some discourse on Twitter about whatever. But um owning that you do want to be on social media for a little bit, just just give yourself for me it would be a timer or something that helps you kind of pull back out and go, okay, I did that. Now on to the rest of the day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think timers are huge because you know if you do have ADHD Time blindness is a real, genuine thing that we experience. And so we lose track of time. And I, you know, I, I teach this stuff. I know this stuff in and out. And I still, like, the other day, it was probably just last week. <laughs> Frankly, it probably was this week. I don't know. <laughs> I've, like, oh my God, I just wasted two and a half hours watching reels. Because, first of all, I love anything with like dance numbers and music. But you know, it they're, they're actually made to be super addictive and they feed my brain what I want. Right. So, and that's fine. As long as I have these timers that let me know when I need to go do something else or, but I give myself that space because I know I wasn't ignoring something that I really have to do. And then the beauty of why, like you're mentioning the calendaring, the beauty of like Google calendar is, if I do say, I'm just not in the mood, like say energetically, I'm just not in a place where I want to make content. Cause you have to be in a certain space to do that. Right. And I, same thing I hear with friends who are painters, like there has to be a certain energy that's happening. Well, then I move that time block to a different time. Like you can't just ignore it. Like you have, that's when it becomes, you start to feel like chronically behind. Yes. You know, being, being behind, you know, that's kind of a, a fantasy. Anyway, it's a fallacy. Like we're never really caught up, but we can feel on top of things. And I think that's the goal. But the only way to do that is to move whatever those tasks were to a different time. That's the accountability piece, right? Right. What I was
0: animatedly responding to, even though I wasn't saying anything to that was, I do that all the time. I, I move those blocks all the time also when i'm creating content for me it's very organic so when people are like oh i you know on mondays i do all of this stuff and then i drip it out throughout the rest of the month i i that does not work with my brain at all i'm very spontaneous also like when i'm cooking sometimes i'll just shoot some you know little mini videos of me cooking because i think it's fun to share and people like it um but it's it's not planned and then, yeah, I do move, I will move things around, and then if I notice, this is something I work on with, with my clients as well, if you notice that you keep moving something and moving something and moving something, give a little look-see, go, now Why? Why do I keep moving? And if it is something like, oh, well, I need to create content and you're not feeling motivated or like in the right space to paint or in the right space to write or to create that podcast or whatever, then maybe just be curious, lovingly curious with yourself and say, well, what's going on? And here's something that I have done with myself and then other people have said around me that I love, which is like, well, if this task was fun, what would it be? Right. If this task was something I wanted to do, what would be different? And see how that mindset shift can kind of help it. You might be like, oh, yeah, I'm sick of making X, Y, or Z. Maybe I'll try this other thing. You know, maybe it's mixing up what you're creating.
1: Absolutely. and. I love that because that's the thing of looking at something. Is there resistance? Is there some resistance to doing this specific task, right? Is there something emotional in there? Is it, um, or is it something like, I don't really know how to do this, or I feel overwhelmed by this. Like, I think there's a lot of reasons that, you know, we need to kind of suss out sometimes when you keep moving something down the road, right? And I know with like creativity and content, for myself, I always, I talk about this a lot. I I like to be transparent that, you know, I'm a human, so I'm going to have the same struggles. And with my clients, like for me, a lot of my perfectionism was coming up, especially like, you know, my podcast, we took a break and then I ended up rebranding it. And I just felt like a lot of perfectionism and resistance to actually recording. And it was like, no, but I have to record solo episodes because that's how people get to understand my approach and what I think about things. And then I, what I had to do was say, I am making this so damn painful. So I started interviewing people because I can talk to people all day long and I love it. I love it, you know, but I do understand in business, like, you know, for authority building, we want to do individual episodes, of course. But I needed to just like move past, like break through that resistance of that and then say, okay, let me make it a reasonable amount as you know, with anything, as you do it more then you, you work through that perfectionism, that anxiety or whatever. Then there are other things where you're like, Hey, I keep putting this off. Maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Maybe you need to hire somebody or frankly, maybe you just need to let it go. Sometimes we have this uh, reaction to things of like, I don't like to be told what to do. And I don't, especially rebels, right? <laughs> so I say like, put a pin in it. Because if, if somebody says to you, you can't do that, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. Well, don't do it. You're going to, there's going to, you're going to push back against that and try to prove them wrong. But if you say, Hey, let me put a pin in this. And then I can come back to it when I feel energetically, like I'm, you know, I, I've handled some things or gotten some structures in place. And then I can come back to it. For me, that was like social media. Now I like to go and consume, but I, but I don't always like to post or, you know, like do the whole thing, even though I know it's, I can be great for business, but frankly, it's not the most important thing for me all the time. So I had to put a pin in it, allow myself the space of not feeling bad about that every day or every week. And that freed up so much energy to actually do other things so that I could come back to it when I was ready. Right. So sometimes it is about, yeah, like you're saying, doing the the reframing or adjusting our mindset and understanding. We have to stop just saying, like, you have to do it all. You don't have to do anything. Literally, I can for and I know they're outliers, but I can tell you people who don't even have websites and they have very successful businesses. There are people who, you know, don't do email and they have businesses. <laughs> like you can do whatever it is. Yes, you're gonna have challenges, but you got to, you just got to, we got to stop punishing ourselves, like suffering for success, right? I think that is a
0: wonderful place for us to stop for today. And it's a great message. And it's so true. And I fully, yeah, I mean, working for myself as a coach, you know, there's all this pressure or all this like, specific things are selling, you know, telling you, you know, yo, you got to build your email list you got to build you know you got to give people a free blah 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 you got to do this and you got to do that and and it was not only was it rigid but it really you know i am a rebel but I, I i also love sharing things with people and i also recognize that through the sharing people get to know you like you trust you and more are more likely to want to work with you But i realized oh my offerings are my podcast, my offerings are the way I organically share this, that, and the other. It's not, and I do have a newsletter that I put out eh, every every other month or so, whatever. <laughs> but once I let go of going, I'm going to put out this every month and I'm going to have this many takeaways that people are going to get and then I'll spotlight an artist and then I'll also do this and then I'll have lots of photos and all that that is not, and that never sounded fun. It sounded like (laughs) what I was supposed to do. So now I'm like, oh, what I love doing and love sharing comes naturally. Then people also feel that energy of like my joy, my relaxation, my sense of humor and, and my solo episodes for this podcast, just to share the process with you and, and, and the other vibrant visionaries listening is like, right from the beginning, I said, and I'll hop on and do these solo episodes. And it took me a couple of years before I really started doing them because I realized that it was taking me a while to really figure out what do I want to share? How do I want to share it? What's different about my POV that comes out when I'm solo versus my POV when I'm talking with other people. How am I different than other people? The more you use your voice, the more you share, the more you bring on other people, and the more you create your world. My world is the vibrant, visionary, creative people who are doing innovative, interesting weird, wonderful things and people that are often <laughs> have ADHD. <laughs> I was thinking this morning, I think almost everybody in my friend circle does. And and I potentially do too. I don't even know. I'd like to get diagnosed this year for whatever my neurodivergence is besides knowing that I have misophonia. But um, I love the idea of just finding your own weirdo style. And yeah, people that I follow and There's people that I wish had an Instagram so I could see a little bit more of what they do, but there's tons of people that are out there making success in unconventional ways and um, being their own creative, weird, wonderful selves. And so thank you so much for talking with us today about, you know, all sorts of ways we can get things done, but also have fun doing it at the same time.
1: Yes, thank you for having me. And I think, uh, you know, it's a great conversation, like you're saying. And as we do more of that experimenting, we get a lot of clarity. And, and then, you know, the more we accept ourselves, that confidence happens. And it's that's where the magic happens. And I love that. I love, yeah, hearing other people's perspectives that do it differently. So, so thank you for having me on. And uh, I hope if anybody's interested, they can head on over to the easily distracted entrepreneur and hopefully get some tips around uh, how to do it different, but have more fun. That's the the ENFP in me, the Myers-Briggs.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'll have links in the show notes to the podcast. And, and where else do you, you like to interact with people?
1: Yeah, I mean, since you're already listening to your podcast, I think heading over there. Uh, but I do actually have uh, a downloadable that might be helpful for people that helps them discern from like shiny objects, because i find that that's sometimes what we fill We fill our space with so many things that it doesn't give us that opportunity to, to have that downtime, that reflective time, like you were talking about, that you kind of give yourself that space to kind of like think and regroup and get prepared. Um, so I have a free downloadable. They can head on over to amberholly.com forward slash vibrant, and uh, it'll help you discern Like, what's a shiny object and what's an awesome opportunity? I love it.
0: Cool. Awesome. Again, I'll put those in the show notes, everybody. Check it out. And uh, thanks so much, Amber. Thank you. Well, that was a juicy conversation with Amber. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think, ways that you like to tweak your schedule. There'll be links in the show notes to connect with me and connect with Amber. Continue the conversation with me by emailing me at vibrantvisionariespodcast at gmail.com. You can also join us in our private Discord community by supporting the podcast on Patreon. You can find all the episodes of Vibrant Visionaries and how to join the conversation and support the show at vibrantvisionaries.com. All right, ciao for now!